Welcome to the video broadcast of Zion Memorial Missionary Baptist Church with pastor and teacher, Rev. Dr. Randall Kane Jr. Zion Memorial Missionary Baptist Church is located at 101 North Donleith Avenue in Winston-Salem. Please sit back and enjoy this message already in progress. Beloved, when we are born into this world, people around us have dreams, goals, and desires for us. Amen. People like your parents, grandparents, family, and friends will imagine what you can be when they first hold you as a little baby. They can imagine what you can be. You can be an athlete, a football player, a basketball player, maybe a baseball player. You can be an actor or an actress or maybe a singer. You can be a doctor. You can be a lawyer. You can be a business person, an entrepreneur. You can be a preacher. You can be a teacher. You can be the president of the United States of America. Basically, beloved, when they first saw you and held you, they thought that you could be great. But beloved, there's a greatness in the eyes of the world. And beloved, there's a greatness in the eyes of God. And beloved, there's often a difference because the world sees what could be while God knows what can be. Can be if you will have a desire to be great, great in the eyes of God. Amen. Beloved, the title of today's message is Be Great. Be Great. Be Great. Beloved, in this world today, we have so much information that comes at us. We have information from family, friends, acquaintances, co-workers, television, radio, radio internet, podcast, even, believe it or not, church. With all of this information, it can sometimes be hard to discern what we should do and what we should not do. For with all of that information, we also need understanding and we need wisdom. Of wisdom, Proverbs 2, 6 and 7 tells us, For the Lord giveth wisdom. Out of his mouth cometh knowledge and understanding. He layeth up sound wisdom for the righteous. He is a buckler to them that walk uprightly. Beloved, it was God of whom the writer of Proverbs, typically assumed to be King Solomon, was writing of in terms of wisdom, godly wisdom. Beloved, it was God, God incarnate, Jesus, who came to this earth in the form of Jesus to make God's wisdom available to us who would walk with him while he walked on the earth and after him when he ascended back to heaven above. Amen. And beloved, it was Jesus who spoke words of wisdom to his disciples and followers in Matthew 23, 1 and 2. Then spake Jesus to the multitude and to his disciples, saying, The scribes and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. Beloved, Jesus spoke about the scribes. The scribes were the keepers of the oral tradition of the law. Those who could quote and teach the Pentateuch, the Torah, the words of the prophets. Beloved, Jesus spoke about the Pharisees, the Pharisees who were the religious leaders, those who in relationship with the scribes could and would determine who would be a good Jew and who would not. And beloved, Jesus spoke about Moses' seat, the place in the synagogue where the scribes and the Pharisees would sit to signify that they had the power and the authority to lead the Jewish people in all religious matters. This seat, Moses' seat, would be similar to a throne in the world for earthly king and similar to the pulpit in the church where the preacher of the day is supposed to proclaim the sermon, the gospel, the good news. 
When Jesus spoke about the scribes, the Pharisees, and Moses, see, everyone knew who and what he was talking about. Jesus was talking about those who sat high and looked low, to those who sat low and looked high, kind of like a preacher in a pulpit and the people in the pews. And beloved, they also would have known what Jesus was talking about when Jesus said in Matthew 23 and 3, all therefore whatsoever they bid you observe and do, but do not ye after their works, for they say and do not. Words of wisdom can be a great benefit, but sometimes those who speak words of wisdom have a problem when they are speaking words of wisdom. You see, beloved, sometimes the speakers of words of wisdom are hypocrites. And their hypocrisy makes their messages cloudy, confusing, and tainted. Some people have a big problem in being those you can listen to, trust, follow, and believe in because they are very good at talking about what it means to be a Christian, but some seem to have a hard time being a Christian. What I mean is when it comes to being a Christian, some people like to talk about but have a problem with being about it. Beloved, when politicians make promises that turn out to be lies, that's a problem. Beloved, when business people market and promote a product or service that turns out to be flawed and broken, that's a problem. Beloved, when historians know the truth about history and let the truth lay aside because their dark part in history does not keep them in a position of privilege, power, and access, that's a problem. Beloved, when parents and grandparents tell their children and grandchildren the right thing to do and then show absolute contempt for doing the right thing that they tell their children and grandchildren to do, uh, that's a problem. Beloved, when clergy can tell everyone else about how to get to heaven and then become the biggest examples of why some people go to hell, that's a problem. Beloved, of all these examples of people, Jesus had a really big problem with the clergy of his day because they were the ones who were supposed to be leading people to God. And instead of leading people to God, Jesus found six flaws in what they called their faith walk. First, in Matthew 23 and 4, Jesus said, For they bind heavy burdens and grievous to be born and lay them on men's shoulders, but they themselves will not move them with one of their fingers. Beloved, Jesus would have had a really big problem with clergy creating burdens for their people, God's people, his people, because Jesus was the same Jesus who said in Matthew 11, 28 through 30, Come unto me, all ye that, are, that labor and that are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your soul. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Beloved, when clergy create burdens in your health, wealth, and relationships, rather than alleviating burdens in your health, wealth, and relationships, something is wrong. Beloved, when family and friends create burdens in your health, wealth, and relationships, instead of alleviating burdens in your health, wealth, and relationships, something is wrong. Beloved, whenever anyone creates burdens in your health, wealth, and relationships, instead of alleviating burdens in your health, wealth, and relationships, something is wrong. 
Who says something is wrong? Beloved, Jesus says that something is wrong. And beloved, Jesus was not through with talking about the scribes and the Pharisees. Or he continued in Matthew 23 and 5. But all their works, they do for to be seen of men. They make broad their phylacteries and enlarge the borders of their garments. Beloved, some people have a way of standing out that is not always outstanding. These men who were supposed to be leaders of the people did what they did so that they could get praise, honor, and glory. When they were supposed to be giving God praise, honor, and glory and encouraging people to live in such a way that they could give God praise, honor, and glory. You see, beloved, Jesus said in Matthew 6, 3 through 4, but when thou doest alms, give gifts. Let not thy left hand know what thy right hand doeth, that thine alms may be in secret, and thy father which seeth in secret himself shall reward thee openly. Instead of doing in secret, the scribes and the Pharisees did it openly to be rewarded by all who saw what they did. And then, beloved, for their garments, their clothes, their uniforms, they wore amulets and they wore ornate robes. It would be like the crosses, the cloth, and robes that clergy wear today so that people know that they are clergy. Although Jesus, the one who we are to follow, he never wore those things. Instead of Jesus wearing the cross, Jesus carried his cross and was crucified on his cross. His cross was not a symbol of his status as anything other than one of the unworthy until it was transformed into being the substance of what it meant to be the world's Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one who was sent by God to die for the sins of the world. And his robe was torn to pieces as he died on the cross. According to history, that is. Not with a shred of robe wrapped around him, but naked on the cross, intensifying the shame. So, beloved, when Jesus looked at the scribes and the Pharisees and perhaps, just perhaps had a vision of what awaited him, Jesus had a problem with them. And, beloved, Jesus continued in Matthew 23 and 6, and they, the scribes and Pharisees, loved the uppermost rooms and feasts and the chief seats in the synagogues. Beloved, everyone loves front row seats at the best place. Games and events, everybody likes front row seats. But beloved, if the seats make other people feel as if they are less than you, then maybe, just maybe, maybe you need to sit somewhere else. And beloved, if sitting at the preacher's table for gatherings and celebrations causes you to be lifted up while others feel let down, then maybe, just maybe, you need to sit somewhere else. I'm just saying. You see, beloved, it was of Jesus that the apostle Paul wrote in Galatians 3 and 28, there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither bond nor free, there is neither male nor female, for ye are all one. One. One in Christ Jesus. Beloved, if we are all one in Christ, then why do those who are supposed to know more truth that are supposed to set us all free seem to want to use the truth to make sure that you never forget that you are not truly free? As if talking about freedom is for the hereafter. You're going to get your mansion in the sky rather than for the here and now. 
where many are the afflictions of the righteous. And while you're in the here and now, just remember that those who are supposed to help you to remember that you're supposed to be free might just want you to know that you are not but so free. As if you are not fully free in Christ. Beloved, Jesus had a really big problem with this. As he continued in Matthew 23, 7 and 8. And greetings in the mark is and to be called of men, Rabbi, Rabbi. But be not ye called Rabbi, for one is your master, even Christ, and all ye are brethren. Beloved, Jesus was looking at the less dangerous. Beloved, Jesus was looking at the low class. Beloved, Jesus was looking at the have-nots and was dressing down the societal more than the economic high class the political halves, by helping them to understand that while the scribes and Pharisees were power-tripping so that they could use their power to trip everyone else up, it was he, Jesus, who was the Christ, and therefore the true head of the synagogue that was and the church that was to come. Beloved, Jesus had no fancy title like scribe and Pharisee or like minister, reverend, apostle, reverend, doctor, bishop, or pope. You see, beloved, rather than a title to be passed around, Jesus had a function to fulfill, and that was to be the Christ. And as a Christ, all should follow him and follow him alone. And because all were to follow him and him alone, all were the same in the eyes of God. A brotherhood, a family, mothers and fathers, brothers and sisters, sons and daughters, all on the same level, even though each have different functions, functions that when brought together represent the body of Christ. Everyone in here has gifts that they're supposed to give, but nobody's gift is exactly the same. And that's the way God made us to be, so that we could serve God. Amen. You see, beloved, when I answer the call to ministry, one of the biggest challenges I had was when people stopped calling me Randy, or Brother Randy, or Brother Kane, and started calling me Minister Kane. I wanted to know why I couldn't just be Randy, Brother Randy, or Brother Kane anymore. And it was because I came into the ministry. And then when I got ordained, I became Reverend Kane. When I still really wanted to just be Randy, Brother Randy or Brother Kane. And then when I became pastor, I became pastor again. When I still really wanted to just be Randy, Brother Randy or Brother Kane. And then when I messed around and got my doctoral degree from Duke Divinity School, my, 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 I became Reverend Dr. Kane. The Reverend Dr. Kane. When I still really just wanted to be Randy, Brother Randy or Brother Kane, be suspicious of people who want things so they can be things. Instead of being things so they can do things, be very suspicious. Beloved, I know that with growth in ministry, it often comes with titles. But when you're a title that should reflect your desire for greater elevation of others, actually becomes a platform for you to distance yourself from others. Because if you're standing on the ecclesial ladder, then you may have lost your head because you have lost your Christ, Christian. And beloved, the harm done hurts others and it hurts the body of Christ, the church, because your title does not manifest Christ. It manifests your desire to use Christ 
for your own desires to give yourself praise, honor, and glory instead of God. And beloved, Jesus had a really big problem with the people elevating others. As he continued in Matthew 23 and 9, And call no man your father upon earth, for one is your father, which is in heaven. Beloved, when terms of endearment such as father or mother in ministry actually becomes how you view other people, then, beloved, you may have lost perspective on who you are in Christ and who others are to you in Christ. We should learn well from others in church and ministry so that we can be well equipped to give the greatest praise, honor, glory, love, and respect to God and to God alone, not to other people. We do not elevate or deify others, other men and women who have flaws just like us to take the place of God. You see, beloved, it was of God who Jesus taught us how to pray in the Lord's Prayer, found in Matthew 6 and 9. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Beloved, Bishop, Apostle, Reverend, Dr. So-and-so is not in the Lord's Prayer. Remember that, and it will keep God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit at the head of your life and keep you from falling prey to the head games that some people will try to play with your life. And then, beloved, Jesus finally said in Matthew 23 and 10, Neither be ye called masters, for one is your master, even Christ. Beloved, Jesus, the Christ, the Messiah, is our Savior and Lord. Beloved, if Christ is the head of the church and you are a part of the body of Christ, the church, then you must follow your head, Christ. I mean, anybody try to go anywhere with their head wasn't going Oh, you'll end up in a very bad place. For as a Christian, hear me right, if you lose your Christ, hear me right, then you lose your head, hear me right, and you lose your way. That's why some people can come to church and end up back out there in the world all messed up. What do I mean? Well, Mama said, okay. But what did Jesus say? Daddy said, okay. But what did Jesus say? Grandma or Grandpa said, okay. But what did Jesus say? Brother, sister, husband, wife, son, daughter, friend, social media influencer said, okay. But what did Jesus say? Hope I don't miss nobody up too bad. Pastor, preacher, Sunday school, or Bible study teacher said, okay, but what did Jesus say? You see, beloved, you can listen to anyone. And when you listen to anyone and do what they say to do, then you can give them your power. And you can make them your master. While the word of God, according to Psalm 119.105, tells us, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. The word of God says in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. Beloved, the best part, the best part of being a Christian is no longer having to depend on you or anyone else. Because you know that you can depend on God and God alone. Somebody speak at you and say, I cannot always 
trust me. But I can always trust God. Amen. 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 So then, beloved, what are you to do if you cannot always follow along with the order of the day and seek to lust after the power that others have that you may not have? And so, in some ways, you pursue them simply because they are who you are not. We get caught up in that, that hero worship, that shero worship. And beloved, how does this correlate with who all those people thought you could be when you were born? They didn't raise you to be a follower. They thought you were going to be somebody to make a difference in the world. Jesus, when you were born, also saw that you could be great. Great, but not in the eyes of the world, but great, beloved, in the eyes of God. And beloved, Jesus wants every single one of us to be great in the eyes of God, which means that we must understand what it means to be great in the eyes of God. Look at somebody right now and say, God wants you to be great. Look at somebody and say, God wants you to be great. Look at one more person and say, God wants you to be great. And beloved, in the eyes of God, Jesus said in Matthew 23, 11, but he that is greatest among you shall be your servant. So y'all sitting there telling folks that they're supposed to be servants. Beloved, what was wrong with Jesus? What was wrong with Jesus? What was wrong with Jesus? Didn't Jesus understand and know that to be great meant that when we walk into rooms, people are supposed to bow and genuflect. What's wrong with Jesus? Didn't Jesus understand and know that to be great meant that when people see us, oh, they're supposed to know who we are and who they are not. What was wrong with Jesus? Didn't Jesus understand and know that to be great meant that we are supposed to be served by others who recognize our greatness? What was wrong with Jesus? What's wrong with Jesus? Beloved, Jesus understood it all. And Jesus came to drop some wisdom on his people who dare to follow him by letting them know that the world had it all wrong. All wrong in the eyes of God. In the eyes of God, we were created to serve God. And in serving God and serving God well, we are then great. And beloved, for you to be great, you must remember these final words from Jesus in Matthew 23 and 12. And whosoever shall exalt himself, shall lift himself or herself up, shall be abased, shall be brought down low. And he that shall humble himself, shall be exalted, shall be lifted up. Beloved, what is your why? What is your why in all that you do? Assuming that at some point in your life, if you ever wanted to be great, great like those who saw you when you first came into this world thought that you could be great, why did you, why do you want to be great? And I'm going to say it to you like this. I don't want no slip shot, sorry Christians in the house. I want you to want to be great. I want you to want to be great. I don't want you to want to be good. I want you to want to be great. 
But beloved, was it to serve others or was it to have others to serve you? You see, beloved, James 4, 6, and 7 instructs us. God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace, favor unto the humble. Therefore, submit yourselves, therefore, to God. You got to do something with I gave my life to God. That ain't enough. He continues to say, resist the devil. Because when you give yourself to God, you put the devil on notice. You ain't on my team. So I'm coming for you. And when he comes for you, he ain't coming at you with his fist balled up. He coming at you in your mind and in your heart. That's how the devil works. The devil be doing those secret reconnaissance missions. Coming at you in the most unexpected ways. But you got to resist the devil. And then when you resist by the power of God, he will flee from you. Beloved Satan, the devil, once an angel, a ministering spirit of God, disobeyed God and was cast out of heaven. Along with a third of the angels, Satan wanted to be great Satan's way, but not God's way. Satan desires nothing more than to influence those in the world to follow Satan, to live their way, even if it's not Satan's way. But Satan to be satisfied as long as you don't live God's way. Satan's good with that. Beloved, God's grace, mercy, and love only comes from seeking to be obedient to God. And seeking to be obedient to God, we're actually pursuing greatness, even if it doesn't look like it in the eyes of everyone else. Therefore, beloved, obey God and be great. Now, beloved, when you look at my written biography, that's what was read down in Salisbury last Sunday, you will find that it ends with, I want to do what pleases God the most. That's all. Very simple. I want to do what pleases God the most. I tried to live that out my whole life since I became a Christian. Beloved, I have wonderfully succeeded on some days. And beloved, I have miserably failed on some days. And beloved, I always thank God for another day. I've also found that my greatest fulfillment comes from helping others, ministering to others, serving others, rather than having others help me, rather than having others minister to me, rather than having others serve me. Beloved, I am far from perfect. <laughs> Beloved, I am far from perfect. <laughs> but one thing I know for sure, I know that what I do for God will be the only thing that lasts. Beloved, as it is for me, it is for all of us. What we do for God will be the only thing that truly lasts. And if we're serving God, we will truly be great. So beloved, serve God and be great. Amen. 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 Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God.
Thank you for tuning in to the radio broadcast of Zion Memorial Missionary Baptist Church with pastor and teacher, Rev. Dr. Randall Kane Jr. It is our prayer that this message inspires you to further your walk with Christ. For more information about Zion Memorial Missionary Baptist Church, go to our website, zmmbc.net, or call 336-725-7390. We live stream our services on our Facebook page. Just search for Zion Memorial Missionary Baptist Church page. Zion Memorial Missionary Baptist Church is located at 101 North Dunleith Avenue in Winston-Salem. Be blessed and continue to further your walk with Christ.